Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, Halima. Hi, Ioni. And hello to all of you wonderful listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ioni. I'm the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester. I'm also the author of Four Little Sick Girls, which comes out next fucking week. And I'm Halima, the community editor of Polyester Scene and the co-host of the Polyester Podcast. This is the Sleepover Club, a feminist pop culture podcast. We pull apart the hashtag discourse in the hope of making some sense of it all. Before we get started, please like, rate, review, and subscribe. This week we have a review from the lovely Gemma from our Instagram DMs. Gemma says, I can't leave a review on the pod this week on Spotify, but I want to say that my life is better since finding the Polyester podcast. That, <laughs> the way being a hater is so much fun, Ep. Spoke to my soul and I've considered it a personal birthday present from you guys. It's fucking excellent to hear relevant takes that aren't just an echo of the Insta-branded feminism that seeps into so many conversations. You guys just get it. It's a genre and you girls are firmly on my <laughs> podcast roster. I hate that TikTok sound, but I love her. I <laughs> love you, Gemma. <laughs> it's a genre. I hate it. <laughs> I didn't realise it was a TikTok sound. Have you not? It's like, um, uh, the only reason I hate it is because I saw our um, least favourite RuPaul's Drag Race girl do a video to it. <laughs> Um, and it is like it's a bad it's genre it's a genre I hate it okay okay this is me and I only second time recording this intro we're having technical difficulties we are we are but we're back baby we're back baby but yes i love that um review so much thank you Gemma. thanks Gemma. guys please review us we love reading them on the podcast review us on spotify and apple tv whatever it's called apple tv someone give us an apple tv show (laughs) what are we talking about this week ayani we are talking about the cult of confidence feminism. Yeah, we are. This is my idea. Yeah, what's your idea? Snaps for Halima. Snaps for Halima. I was reading a book by Catherine Angel. Firstly, I love her name. Catherine Angel is a gorgeous name. Um, but it's called Tomorrow Sex Will Be Good Again, Women and Desire in the Age of Consent. And the book is all about this idea... Because I guess like a few years ago, especially with Tumblr feminism and Twitter feminism, people were talking about consent and the importance of speaking up during sex and knowing what you want, especially as a woman. And I guess it was really attributed to, to feminism as well. Like, um, I think it links to like what you were talking about before about women being sexually, oh, sex, sex positivity on Tumblr as oh, well. I think it links oh. to that genre as well. But this idea that women need to know what they want and know how to say yes and no when it comes to sex. But the book is investigating the possibility of women not knowing what they want and not knowing what they desire. And the links it has to like sexual violence and stuff like that. 
But yeah, so the book, I found the book really interesting. I haven't finished it because it's quite academic, but there was a quote that I loved. There's two quotes I loved from it. And one of them is, being outspoken, it would seem, is a requirement of any self-respecting feminist. If you're not talking loudly about gutsiness, are you even a feminist? Um, and another one goes, if confidence is the new sexy, then insecurity is the new ugly. It's this hierarchy of feeling helpful. I love that. Insecurity is the new ugly. Ugly! (laughs) So I got those self-help shit. Like, insecurity is ugly. It's so interesting as well to see that. Right, okay. Because you can see that play out in the real world, like, right? So women don't know you pretty. Like, um, what time to be alone? Like, any of these books that came out a few years ago, whatever. Like, definitely really, like, push this confidence feminism thing. We'll go into it a bit more, like, broadly in feminism, but in terms of sexual desire it's so interesting because um a traditionally we've been taught that like men if we're talking about like you know uh hetero hetero relationships that men don't really like confidence like they do but only if it's in this very specifically packaged way that's like coy and like perfect and all of this but b how there's like a very real backlash with like the male incel movement going on in which like we they are saying women are too confident that we need to like you know that's the reason I don't get any girls because like the women have feminism and they're too confident now wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> um like I think it's really complicated and nuanced and obviously we have so like we have so many different strands to it even just when we're talking about sex in our culture and none of it actually gets to the bottom of like the root of this thing where it is women should and shouldn't should know what they want and should know what they don't want because like personally I would say that like the way we consume ideas around sex is still very confused and convoluted there's no like real simple way whether it's at an educational sex like sex education and education level or a social level that actually provides women with these tools that is so true even thinking about like our sexual education there's nothing there that teaches you to understand your sexuality or sex in general or how it's meant to to feel or especially when tv tv's idea of like sex and women is like women are there as a like they're there to be used in a way or like women are giving somebody sex for something else i don't mean in the terms of prostitution but even in, in the terms of like of, a, of emotional value if that makes yeah. sense I think, I think that's a, for a lot of women that's what sex feels like so this idea that especially with this whole with the whole consent talk that was around a few years ago I remember I had that that conversation really impacted my schooling and when I was in school we had a whole consent assembly mm. um because that was what people were talking about at that time and this idea of knowing exactly what you want when again we're not given those tools to to know what we want it's so interesting because I don't know if it's like just a few years between us or whatever in that like for me the consent conversation has always been framed around like the boy has to ask for consent like it's the boy's job to establish consent not the girls to make sure it's known if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. not not in a bad way but not in a way that I'm saying like girls shouldn't assert but as in like the conversations being like boys you need to make sure the girl knows it like that you know this about the girl as opposed to like a girl being as opposed to speaking to women or young women or any type of women about like this is how you assert yourself or like this is how you make yourself heard or seen but even when I think yeah but because the conversation I was having when I was younger or even like the conversation I see now is very much like but did you say no 
Mm. Did you say yes? Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Yeah. There's that, but as in like when we're talking about like proactive consent, mm-hmm. I feel like it's not it's not like this is how you say what you want or what you don't want. It's always like, boys, did you get it? Do you know mm. what I mean? See, I didn't have that. Well, yeah, I think I saw that a little bit more when I went to sixth form because I went to an all boys school. Did you? My, my sixth form was all boys, but then the, the, so the sixth form wasn't all boys, like the lower school was all boys, but the sixth form was mixed. But my secondary school was mixed, all, all it was all mixed. And I, it, the secondary school conversation was more, every, everybody should know what they want. Like girl, boy, know what you want and say it when we had a question about consent and sex. But then when it came to being in my sex, sex, sixth form, it was very much boys, make sure that you know what like the way that this conversation is going between you and this girl blah blah mm. but yeah I just found the question interesting because even like um, removing it from sex because the because the book talks about confidence feminism mm. and I was thinking when I was reading it I, I just found it really affirming because when I was younger I used to, and I see for I will say that I was really confident growing up but schooling ruined my confidence completely mm-hmm. so a lot of my confidence was taken away but then when I discovered feminism, it felt very much like I had to be this confident person that I used to be to speak up and, and you know, to like, put like, I don't know, put my politics where my mouth was to make sure that I was adhering to these things that I believed in. And, and it very much, it felt like an like a internal issue because I was either I was shy or I didn't know what to say or I wasn't as educated, but it still felt like I had a responsibility to be this gutsy feminist woman and, and never have any fears um so I, I always felt really conflicted when I was younger because I knew that that wasn't the reality of the way I felt but it didn't feel like that's what feminism was it felt like feminism was never having fear does that make sense yeah I feel like for me there was kind of this like moment like a flicker of which like I felt like I could be confident in that way that you are saying like for example I'd like you know shout down cat callers on the street like when a uni lecturer like did something gross to me I like called him out straight away like that kind of vibe and I felt like that moment for me was literally like 18 to 20 like I feel like that's kind of the golden age for these uh, in my experience for these types of things like you discover feminism and suddenly like no one can tell you shit about shit like you can shout things down and then suddenly like the real world starts to creep in and you're like, oh, well, what if I shout out a cat caller and then they come over and punch me in the face? Like, or what if I do this and then this happens? And like slowly that confidence is chipped away from you, I feel, um, in a way that you just like don't have when you're 18 and like everything's ava- like everything's available to you and you feel like you can't like die or be in danger, basically. I had that same thing because I guess this whole conversation with confidence feminism is that it puts the responsibility on the person. So it's like, if you are confident, you can change things. Yeah. And, and like, it just puts it all on the one person. I remember this quite vividly when I was in sixth form. I called out my sixth form for being having an unconscious bias. I hate that term, but, you know, I had to use particular <laughs> words to not get in trouble. Right. Um, and I meet my friend Ollie. Shout out to you, Ollie. One of the only one of the only other black people in my year um, wrote a letter and um, we got called into my deputy like the head of whatever we got called in the next day for writing this letter and I was feeling and I was really scared to write the letter in the first place um, but I was like I, want, I need to do this I need to make sure that I'm speaking up and I'm using my voice and I'm supporting whatever blah blah and Ollie did it with me we sent it in and um, she called us in and I was feeling really confident I had my 
my the, the letter I had written to her and she completely tore me the fuck down. It was very much like, how dare you call the school racist? Like, how dare you say that you only feel supported by a few of these teachers here? Like, these are serious allegations, blah, blah, blah. And I remember being like, ah, confidence, feminism didn't tell me that this would happen. Feminism yeah. Did not tell me that this woman would um, absolutely destroy me in front of my friend and leave me crying. Like, I didn't realize that that was... I thought me being confident and me doing what I was doing with my friend would result in something better. I, th- I thought that me having confidence would, I don't know, fix the, like just me speaking up would fix the problems that my school had like systematically when that's not the fucking reality. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is so interesting. So lol, I write about this in my book. But it's, it's kind of convoluted, but I feel like it actually does tie in. So I, basically have written a chapter obviously about wellness and like the kind of like toxicity around wellness in our current culture and I feel like confidence does feed into that because it's like you can only be confident if you're healthy if you take the right supplements if you do the right exercise if you have the right athleisure whatever whatever anyway and it feeds into like our very individualist attitude about this so confidence feminism relies on like the facts which I also speak about in another part of the book that you can like basically claw your way out of your own oppression through the right mindset um so healthism was this thing that was established by a theorist i can't remember his name you can buy the book to find out in the 80s to kind of um summarize this like our move towards health in society as being like the moral sign posting of our lives which i think is still very true but it said basically the reason why there was a huge swing towards health in the 80s was because during the 60s and 70s there were obviously so many political movements like you know civil rights movements feminism everything basically like even like stop the war stuff all of this people saw that it basically didn't do anything so then they turned to healthism to self-optimize like out of their own like this disappointment of the world not changing around them so we've established like literally for 40 years now this kind of method of like you can't change the world but you can change yourself yeah um and this same theorist and I write about it in my book like basically found like looked at research and all of this kind of stuff and it's been found through research that it's a very middle class mindset which I think can be reflected in like the people that write about or talk about or peddle this on social media so middle class people are more inclined like innately more inclined to think that if they've done something good or like solved a problem or yeah become healthier whatever they've done that because of like themselves like they've kind of manifested that happening it's a very middle class mindset whereas like working class people will always see it as like a community effort or something that cannot be solved by the individual and like outside of class I mean specifically to class but especially when class intersects with you know like other marginalizations whether it's like disability race gender um Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wait, like literally sexuality, anything. It's like we are literally just been sold this lie that, yeah, if you say you're confident or if you say you like sex or if you say that you know what you want, then everything will disappear. So, like, it's the per- like not the perfect example because obviously awful that happened, but like that's something that's happened to me so many times in my life as well. Like, you go in like the righteous feminist being like, "Yes, I'm gonna change, change something," the world. Yeah. yeah. And then these people are like, "Get the fuck out! Why are you talking to me like that? Like, I have more power than you." Absolutely. Like, confidence doesn't give you power in anything. Like, what I was kind of saying at the beginning about how like men don't like confident women because we've been taught that confidence is power. Like, even with like the girl boss, like feminism of like Audrey Gellman and like all these women that were like very confident maybe in politics like politics adjacent like even like fucking Hillary Clinton whatever like yeah confidence will get you where you want to be until it actually doesn't change a fucking thing and you're just left being like why did I bother this links so well because I was thinking about this earlier when I was speaking to Gina and I was asking Gina like how do I hack this website because I need to read the article because it's paywalled <laughs> and it was the cut and it was Tavi's article about Britney and where did I go I put my I had some notes on it and where was it gone if you haven't read Tavi's article it's excellent it's yeah. called where's it gone it's called Britney, Britney Spears was never in control. Was never in control. Yeah. Why do I ever believe? Why did I ever believe a teen girl could hold all the power? Yeah. And there's something that's really important that she mentioned. Yeah. She goes, among all this trauma, Spears is mine and any woman who grew up in the 90s and the early aughts. I can see why a viewer would find relief in concluding that Spears was always in complete control. But it is absurd to discuss her image from that time as though there was not an apparatus behind it as though she existed in a vacuum where she was figuring out her own sexuality on her own terms rather than in an, in an economy where women's sexuality is rapidly commodified until they are old enough to be discredited. And it just makes me think of exactly what you said, like that people, there's this illusion that confidence equals power when in actuality, there's this whole idea and she mentions it in reference to the Britney Spears documentary that asserted that she was, she was confident and she had power and she was sexy and that's why people hated her so much because of her confidence and her power when in reality like what power did Britney Spears really have powerless. she had yeah. no fucking power in that in that in that construction of her identity as a, as a teenager but there's this idea that confidence equals power or that confidence is what will fix everything when that isn't the reality of the situation for for lots of people and also I feel like this is why people are because obviously like girl boss feminism is the latest iteration of it and lean in um the Cheryl Sandberg book is like a what do you call it like a tome for girl bosses (laughs) um but it's like I've completely forgotten my point oh so basically like you know girl boss feminism all of the lean in works on the assumption that you know if you just break the glass ceiling 
then that's your work done and somehow like structural inequality will fix itself but like it doesn't consider okay so you get a seat in that boardroom you get to the top of a company blah 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 blah, blah. you're eight you're still dealing with people all the time that like fucking hate who you are on a fundamental level be power corrupts and then you're going to be a cheap person <laughs> for everyone below exactly. you exactly like oh i feel like this whole idea that like confidence will will get you power or get you to a certain place or whatever like a lot of these people who as you were saying endorse this ideology these middle class people like the this article i was reading mentioned it they or i think um Catherine angel mentions it in her book as well um with hillary clinton michelle obama serena williams like all these people who who ascribe to this kind of like be vulnerable self-compassion radical acceptance like also i'm not being funny but on that be vulnerable thing i i remember this like slightly in your research but like it's so funny how yeah this like be vulnerable and like you know the confessional social media posts whatever project in our like day and age law a innate confidence like you're confident in the fact you don't care that other people know you are mentally ill or other people know that you don't like your body or other people know you feel rejected or whatever when really it's not confidence (laughs) like I, I don't have any more like intellectual thoughts apart from that like it's not confident it being vulnerable isn't confidence to me. I think it's confidence. Oh, I don't know. It's such it's a tricky one. I think. In a way, like, I feel like confidence is just something that, like, it confidence and bravado, right? These are the two different things. Like, I would say I have confidence in a way that, like, I often don't recognize in myself. But if any, like, if anyone would speak to me, like, if anyone would describe me, they'd probably call me confidence. Like, I have a podcast. Like, I have a book of, all, like, literally my whole life and shitting myself in public. Like, I have all these things where you'd say I'm confident, but I don't think I have the bravado to believe in myself that I am confident, if that makes sense. Like, I mm-hmm. second-guess everything I do, blah, 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 blah. Whereas, like, a lot of these women and people, they have confidence, but they also have the bravado to, like, pull it off. Like, they can bullshit, basically. And I guess, like, even to say, I don't want to just say that they're, like, confident and have bravado. I think that a lot of these women are just lucky. Like, let's just be honest. Like, Yeah, but that's what bravado don't... is, like, bravado. Oh, is it? Like, well, what I mean by bravado is, like, they're faking it till they make it, kind Like, they're lucky. It's they're like, not yeah. faking it because they believe they're in bullshit. So they don't, they're not aware they're faking it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's what holds so many other marginalized people back from different communities or, like, um, working classes or, you know, anything because they're, like, oh I'm faking it and everyone else fucking knows I am whereas these mm-hmm. women are like I could be faking it but who the fuck cares I'm getting what I want yeah all these women like people like Serena Williams or like uh, Melinda Gates or Michelle Obama or like Hillary Clinton who I literally have no idea who Melinda Gates is like I know she's so Gates' <laughs> wife that is as far as it goes with me she's very much like women can achieve anything if they just believe and if there's right. confidence like these are women who are who are middle class or f- fucking yeah, yeah. Wealthy, <laughs> yeah. That. um who are just lucky. like literally Hillary Clinton is a prime example of that she has that book that's like um the the book of gutsy women like she her whole like brand is that like you, you can inspire the next generation of women to be confident and they can just achieve all they've ever desired without thinking about like the systematic inequalities that stop women from achieving things yeah, I think we've built like a really toxic culture in that regard where we like elevate a single woman up who is like usually white and always middle upper class, like always able bodied, whatever, in the way that like these women are built up and then they are suddenly like, I have all the secrets and I will tell them to you in my autobiography or in my TED talk or whatever. 
and that just reasserts individualism in that we think that like one woman holds like the key not to like power or wealth or anything but to like knowing how to be your best self i also think that we we myth myth mythologize what's the word mythologize mythologize them (laughs) because um gina and eden um sent me i tagged me in a tiktok of jane fonda last week and the TikTok of her was like, it was just this audio of like, who do you want to be when you grow up or whatever? And this girl was like, Jane Fonda? Like, she's confident. She doesn't give a fuck. Like, she fought for her rights, blah, blah, blah. And it was interesting to to watch the TikTok because it was like, I've watched her documentary, so I'm basically an expert in her life. Okay, okay. And I know for a fact that Jane Fonda was not confident about any of the decisions that she was making mm. around the time where she was protesting against the Vietnam War or speaking up about all these things. She was making lots of mistakes while she was doing it. Mm. And she was incredibly nervous and anxious about doing all of those things, even though she knew it was right. Mm. I think we, we we create kind of like this, um, and I guess it, it links to celebrity, we really create a false image of these certain women acting like they don't have any insecurities. I guess Jane yeah, like they never, just like float on clouds. Exactly, and, like, they are never scared of anything. Yeah, They're full of confidence. And for example, Jane Fonda has, and especially in documentary, she never said that. She yeah. was very clear about the fact that she was scared about what she was doing, but she still had to do it. Mm-hmm. We really do create this false. Um, unattainable lens around confidence when in actuality these people you think are confident really aren't confident um, and the people who make money off of it are, are feeding you a lie yeah yeah exactly I fucked what do I have to say <laughs> it's fun I love I just love the conversation because again it was something where I felt like I was betraying feminism when I wasn't a confident person sorry I did actually have another point another on, to this thread um, I think it's interesting kind of like on the vulnerability thread that I said as well like to me vulnerability is not power I suppose it's because what we said about in the is vulnerability a trap thing in that like vulnerability can more often harm than help you is maybe why we are seeing um which we have also spoken about in previous episodes like the shift towards dissociative feminism or like a rejection of anything like displaying dissociative feminist traits on TikTok or Instagram is to basically be like the opposite of a confident feminist like it's to say I don't have it all together I'm like fucked in the head and I look like shit (laughs) like it's basically the opposite of everything so like I'm not endorsing that either and like this cynicism as well because it's like like I say this in my book I find it just like overall very like cheesy like the fact that we take these girls and these women seriously uh, as basically like essentially new age life coaches when if this was like a white man in a boxy suit in the 80s in like a church in America, you would say, what the fuck? Like you're selling me into a cult? Because mm, it is the cult of confidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so I think we're definitely seeing a rejection to that. And I don't think that like either extreme, <laughs> I feel like saying either extreme just like invokes the arguments by like Piers Morgan of the far right and far left, which mm-hmm. is not what I mean. But like, I don't think taking just like a, wholly individual individualist approach or a wholly dissociative approach is good and like how how do we teach people confidence because I do think it is important to be confident and like to be able to assert yourself but my issue with it is is that like I suppose it's like the confidence gap more than the confidence cult like the people that have always been confident get more self-assured gain more power where the people that have been least system systematically systemically whatever benefited from like using confidence just completely get chipped away at like what I was saying in the end like real life takes hold and you're like this doesn't benefit me to be outspoken yeah I know it's tough um 
I think that education is the, is the key. I don't know, it's <laughs> tough because even in the research I was doing, people were, there was this lady wrote like a little list of why particular women aren't particularly confident. And she was talking about like what I was saying basically before about my teacher like yelling at me when I spoke right. up. There is a, teachers do pick particularly on children of color and it really does ruin their confidence from a really young age. Like these kids who come into school confident do leave school, particularly British schooling, really oh. just not as themselves so I don't know it's difficult I think confidence is incredibly important I just don't like the idea that confidence is used to to like put blame on people to blame people for not achieving things to blame people for not um getting things that like when there's real life reasons why these people can't achieve things like it's not just their fault I don't like that when it comes to confidence but I think of course confidence is important well, it's basically that we've just made confidence like a commodity rather than an yeah. actual emotional way to live your life or like yeah. thing that can be practiced and like honed in on. It's like, but in a healthy way, not in a like, you're confident if you go and tell your boss you need a raise. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever buy one of those confidence books? No. They're, they're really sold to women. No, I never did. I did once. What I one? It was, it was this one, but it might be in my shed now. I don't think I have it out here. It was in your shed, woman. absolutely thrown in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was by this random white woman whose name I can't remember, and it was about the confidence of like um speaking in person because I, I never liked to. I, I still I struggle to do this podcast. I don't like the sound of my own voice, but um, I remember getting it, thinking this will change me. And again, mm-hmm. I haven't opened it. I tried to read it, but I thought it was bullshit. The beginning is like this quote from Hillary Clinton. I was like, fuck, I've wasted about 10 pounds. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Oh, fair enough, love. All right, well, we are at our time. What do yeah. you think about confidence? Tell us. Yeah, tell us what you think, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we got a special episode. Yeah, I'm interviewing Ioni Gamble about her book. Dun, dun, dun. Boom, boom, boom. If you have any questions, send them in. Oh, yeah. If you want to know about Arnie's book, let me know. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. I'll ask her. I'll sure. grill her. Okay. It'll be an expose. Oh, my God. <laughs> my reckoning. My cancellation mm, is coming. Indeed. It's okay. pending. Well, thank you, Lima. Thanks, Ioni. Thank you to Olivia for editing, to Gina and Gina, Eden, Charlotte, Patty, Grace. Bye. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.